you're yeah, summer you're Sorry. in summer yeah so like that's why you yeah. do your tournament end of ever winter because you're kind of getting out of your winter and yeah that's a bit of a um canberra's uh pretty cold during winter like in the negatives for celsius Sorry, I don't know the conversion to Fahrenheit, but um, I used to live in Cairns, which is quite tropical, and uh, I recently moved down, so I wasn't ready for the the winter at all. And yeah, that's the like the play on words was it's the end of the ever winter. It was starting to warm up again, and yeah, so, I don't think everybody sort of understands that, but that's that's why I've named it as such. Well, I see. I I made the mistake when you were on the show a little bit ago of thinking it was like a narrative event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> End of ever. Yeah. Um, um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was competitive and narrative. Not so much narrative at the same time. The, the whole point of the event was just to get the whole gang back together, getting the faces that you used to playing competitive Age of Sigma with together as much as possible. We had guys come from Sydney. We had the coach. We had the measured guys come up from Victoria. Um, we had some local guys who didn't haven't even been to um, CanCon, so they were in their first uh, competitive events, and it was just good to see those guys. Like the, I think the Victorians really loved the fact they got out of Victoria because they'd been in lockdown. They were allowed out. They were allowed to shake hands. Didn't have to wear masks. Um, so I think they were really grateful for it. And even even the Sydney guys were happy to see, you know, faces they hadn't seen for nine to twelve months. So yeah. it was good. Yeah, I, I'm we're I mean, we just we just cancelled Adepticon, so I'm actually wearing my Adepticon hoodie and I'm like I'm just sitting like it's it's not like it's surprising or and we're kind of gone past upsetting because it's just, you know, we've gone on a year of watching events get canceled at this point, you know. And yeah. It's like, so I'm just, but it's this like weird sort of like numbness where I'm like, yep, you know, like this this reluctant acceptance of, of watching another event get canceled. So I'm 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 really happy that life is going on elsewhere, and I think that that gives. Anyone, like, you know, the states are pretty well locked down. I know UK is going into their second lockdown. Um, that kind of that kind of gives the... Uh, uh, gives a little bit of the, you know, silver lining that one day this will pass and we'll, you know... Yeah, yeah. So, um, and with that, I see G-Dead showing up, dropping a tier one sub for 11, 11 years COVID time. Thank you so much for uh, for that sub there, my friend, and uh, welcome, welcome to Rantcast seventy six. I am, of course, the magical Mister Mephisto, the most dangerous man in Age of Sigmar, the most dangerous man in lockdown. Uh, I am joined tonight by <laughs> by T.O. Michael Thompson, his second appearance on the show. Actually, uh, going to be talking about the tournament he just ran there in Canberra, end of Everwinter. So that was a a proper two dayer, right? Yeah, it was. We had. Uh, 35 players and um, I had room for 40. I uh, planned it oh, what two months ago um, when s things were still a little bit iffy on who can and can't come and um, we have a um, one person for square four, uh, yeah, four square meters mm -hmm. inside so um, that got lifted just the other day here in Canberra but it's um, each state in Australia has their own I guess COVID 
um, safe safe plants. So um, Canberra is a bit like DC, I guess, where it's just a little state on its own or territory. And um, yeah, so they were a bit uh, uh, easier to uh, please with their COVID plans. And um, I was lucky enough to find a venue that would let us have 40 and let uh, interstate guys come past as long as we had a, I guess, a COVID plan as well, whereas if you come from a hot spot or a place with COVID, you weren't allowed to come. And um, touch wood, everybody was still allowed to come and it was uh, good to see everyone. Well, it's, it's awesome because you kind of just like, you know, you know, like throw out a Hail Mary a little bit. Like you had to have, you had to have some faith that the event was going to, you were still going to be able to run it in a couple of months when you were yeah. when you started planning it. Was that stressful that was, at all? Yeah, go ahead. No, nah, because that was part of the plan, and it was sort of something that I put in players packs, and I was sort of hoping other Australian TOs would follow, but um, the events that have gone up haven't, but that's cool. But I, I just made it cheaper so that um, there, were, there weren't going to be a lot of prizes. There isn't a lot of uh, free giveaways or swag. It was just all about getting people to come together and just roll dice like um as you were saying before lockdown is just killing everybody else across the world we're lucky enough to have a a bit of free movement so it was just let's make it cheaper if people can't come due to covid or because of restrictions then they get a refund they get all their money back and no one's out of pocket myself or um people coming and there you go there you go. Well, I mean, your your state, your your country really kind of handled it pretty well. And I know there's a little bit of uh, uh, because of the fires, there like your tourism industry kind of like shut down just a little bit. And yeah, and I think that that helped in that what would have been that sort of early rumination period for or that that early incubation period for for the disease. And like it's kind of like you get your revenge on it <laughs> on, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the wildfires by kind of being able to open up a little bit more a little bit ahead of the world even so yeah i think that's um probably pretty spot on where um the fact that we're an island as well like yeah the country is an island um we can look after our own borders you can tell who can come in and out sort of really helped as well mm-hmm. um it's just unfortunate then some people in the world are just a little bit selfish and realize they should be staying home Right. Um, especially Victoria, where they had a second, like a second wave. Right. Um, without going into the politics of it all, it's just, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Right, right, right. Yeah. We'll t- so, you know, welcome to Rantcast 76, where you get geopolitics and tournament <laughs> coverage. <laughs> uh, Wallord Joel showing up. Uh, this is, a, I believe this is Joel Prime because he beat the other Joel uh, saying, who's that sack of good looks uh, uh, right there? And where did you find him? I think he's referring to you, my friend. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> uh, how's it going, chat gang? I see everyone starting to show up now. Um. Australia was always the best place to have in the game of risk. Yeah, was it? <laughs> those uh, those uh, Australia Australia risk strats. Yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. So yeah, you um, you set up uh, you set up your you you, you know had uh, 
the COVID, I know the COVID precaution. I looked into it a, just a little bit through Peter Atkinson's uh, fantastic article, Plastic Crack, um, said that like 40 was sort of like the venue's like sort of COVID precaution number. Uh, so you did yeah. find that venue, you had 35, which is a great turn, you know, I great turnout, I think, you know, that's that you can get some with five rounds or did you do six? I did five. Five. Yeah. Yeah. So with five, you're getting a really good circulation, like a really good churning of, of 35 players, uh, you know, really good. Yeah. You're going to get a, a proper bell curve out. And of course, Measured Wargaming showed up in force and I was just checking the just AOS shorts uh, after the tournament earlier on in the week. And I'm like, wow, they just showed up and were just terrorists they destroyed <laughs> like yeah well, they're, they're victorians so they've just been through lockdown um i think they're still got to wear masks if they go out anywhere in the street so once they got across the border and realized they didn't have to wear masks they were just yeah they had a they vendetta were <laughs> they were here to release some very much uh household angst and just oh you haven't played aos before bang <laughs> like, yeah, the wines and all. Yeah, man, that's amazing. So, so uh, how was what was the what was the medal like? What was the field like? You had a you have a good good um, list. Was yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good. The there was a, a big representation of um, destruction with Stonehorns. Um, crazy Stephen Bynack bought seven Thunder Tasks. Uh, we had the coach and Corey Ford bring giants or gargants. So that, they were cool to see on the board. Um, and then we had a fair bit of KO flying around with guns. So it was, um, it's pretty widespread. We had Sylvaneth, uh, Joel and Hugh brought Beast of Chaos, um, and Joel Graham who ended up winning with Feck as well. So, um, there was one guy with, uh, Lumineth. Um, I just don't think. Uh, we, people had enough time to get them painted to a, a standard they want to represent on the table, but right. yeah, all right, no, that's that's legit. Um, and you said uh, Flesh Eater Courts ended up taking it. Um, yeah, of course, because yeah. death is best. Everyone knows that here. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you think you had the, one the OBR player, back... right? Uh, Sorry, mate. You had one OBR player, I think it was, or was it two? Ah, uh, two, two, yeah. two, yeah. Right on. You were you were saying though, I got you off there. Uh we the the players pack seemed to be um I tried to design one where you sort of had to have a little bit of everything, but um people really went for the, the leaders on monsters because of the extra scoring in some of the um missions. Um so that's where it sort of ended up with um a big monster or a couple of big monsters, hence why the stone horns and yeah. Fact where about? Yeah, so you have like the one the one mission where where monsters are are uh, uh, favored for scoring. Was it? I, I guess what were your five rounds? Do you uh, what was your, your uh, total conquest? We had total conquest. Um, I know we had focal points, scorched earth, uh, um, total commitment, and ooh, you monster. Uh, yeah, well, I love it. <laughs> and forcing, I think it was forcing the hand or blade's edge, one of them. I'm pretty sure it was forcing the hand. Forcing the hand is the one where you get to say that objective is useless right now, right? Uh, no, the one that's where it's worth two points. You pick one of your own, and it's worth two that's if your it. opponent gets it. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Forcing the hand. Um, so a pretty decent spread. Uh, really high. Um, uh, really high uh, objective focus. 
Um, I mean, Scorched Earth has, what, eight objectives on the I, table? Yeah. 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 So is there a method to your pack? Did you or, or did you just go through, like, you're like, oh, I love this one, I love this one, I love this one, or did you really have that mind towards the balance and having a mix of... Yeah, I really thought people were into gun lines at the time of doing the pack. So mm-hmm. seeing shoot cast or uh, a bunch of cities. Uh, but what I actually happened to seeing was big monsters instead <laughs> and and fly KO. Um, yeah. I just went with what I thought was balanced and maybe it wasn't, but no, that, uh, I think everyone had fun. I mean, that's, I think that's the real hallmark of a good TO is making sure that your players are having fun. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you hope for. Yeah, the Scorched Earth, I think there's better part of Valor, which are both burning. The better part of Valor, uh, Battle Line, you have to have Battle Line that burns. I probably would have gone with that um, over Scorched Earth now, I think of it. But I didn't want to have both because I know when you burn stuff and you don't get a roll that you want, it leaves players um, it with a bad taste in their mouth. I would have won if I got the three points or like yeah. I outplayed him, but my, my burning rolls weren't good enough. So. Right. Um, I didn't want to play both of them. Right. No, no, I think that's that's totally fair. I think that's good good uh in terms of burning objectives, I don't think I don't think you should have both in your pack. I think you gotta kinda pick one yeah. or the other, so good call there. Um with uh with Scorched Earth, Scorched Earth has some leader uh benefits, of course, because yeah. like, you have your leader within range of, of the thing they can't burn it. So that does help tip towards that like that monster mash. Uh, build and yeah. you got one where leaders are scoring and of course you're talking uh you know thunder tusks and uh, and or stonehorns are going to be leader monsters so they're going to fill both those which i think is uh same thing with a uh, flesh eater quartz their their terror guys so so that's uh it's really cool because you ended up seeing gun lines versus big monsters it was basically uh like a kaiju film which <laughs> 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 isn't yeah. just don't just don't ask the coach about uh, KO whatever you do because I don't think he was a fan on the weekend. <laughs> I I saw him uh, in one of the chats. He was kind of like he got he drew into KO. I think it was round one and just <laughs> was... yeah. And then and then round three, which was scorched earth, so he had eight objectives. He was running giants. He ran into KO, who just flew over the top of him and burnt all his objectives. <laughs> so yeah. Get good coach. Come on, man. You're you're supposed to guy te- be being the guy teaching us how to play. Come on, dude. Learn to play. No. Um, <laughs> um, how did how do you think? Um, okay, so I guess with giants kicking objectives, did you have a plan going into your tournament? Just since we're on the subject of how to yeah, handle. So I... I know we got the FAQ recently, but you were going into the tournament. You yeah. wouldn't have had a FAQ. You had to make a judgment call. I'd imagine. Yeah. So I. I changed my list submission to the Monday um, where the FAQ was supposed to drop. And um, two two guys, Anthony and uh, Corey, really wanted to play him. And I sort of said, well, I'd like to see him on the table as well. And then I, I, made, a, I made a house FAQ uh, with them. Was you play by these rules, which I submitted to them. Or if the FAQ drops before the event, you have to play the FAQ, but you can't change your list. And they were like, yeah, no dramas, sweet. Um, I think Corey just really wanted to play them. They're his style. And Anthony really wanted to get his display board down here to show off uh, his armies on parade. Yeah. So uh, I was lucky enough the FAQ dropped and there was no dramas. And, yeah, I, I think everyone was sweet with it in the end. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, part of the big thing is like making sure your players know ahead of time, and the fact that you said, "Hey, if the FAQ is out, we're going with that." But if not, boom. And so you were explicit yeah. up front, uh, took care of it, and left no room for like gray, and that's the way you handle stuff like that. So I think you know, kudos, my man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, right on. Um, so yeah, a, a good, good, a good thing of objectives. How did uh, I guess? Uh, did you use? Uh, realms? Did you do realm per round? Did you do realm per day? Yeah. I've seen some realm per day stuff. Uh... Uh, so what what I did with my players pack is you have to pick a realm in your army list uh, writing. So that's the realm you're stuck with. Uh, you can use the artifact, you get the spell, you get the command ability as well. And then um, at the start of the game each round, you roll off and um, if you won the roll off, you could either pick the realm that was on your list and both you and your opponent get access to all that, or you pick sides. So if you pick sides, you got first drop. If you picked realm, you either pick the realm that was on your list, or you pick no realm at all, so that if you were playing Gutbusters um, and didn't have a strong wizard, and you're up against a, a Zeech who were full of wizards and wanted extra spells and whatnot, you could say, we're playing in no realm, so that they didn't benefit from something that you couldn't. Yeah. It was just another tactical thing on top of list building and at the start of the game, I guess. I like that you, you played it against sort of uh, sides versus, so it wasn't like a no-win scenario that the players had yeah. something. So I like that. Um, how, do you how do you feel it played out over the weekend? Um, I think a lot of people weren't really interested in the realms. Um, <laughs> that's I think fair, that's the fair. Yeah, I think the closer you got to the top is where it really counted. Um, I know Pete, um, who the, the guy on the blog, is really tactical and uh, thinks beforehand. So um, I know he enjoyed it. Uh, I know the measured guys, I think most of them enjoyed it. Uh, I know they've adopted the same thing for their tournament in March. So um, it, it certainly, I certainly think it was good. Um, because if you're running a one drop, you either pick sides and drop first and make sure you get first turn, but you're not getting the advantage of the realm you picked as well. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, I believe it was one or the other worked really well. Loved, uh, Wa uh, Wallard Joel here saying, I'd love to, uh, versus KO with my fact list. Uh, Chris is welcome to his opinion, but our results from the weekend speak for themselves, I'd say. <laughs> Chaos Lord Oof. Mars dropping a thousand RDP to remind everyone that chat gang ain't nothing to mess with. Um, yeah, I, I think that's so. It wasn't just thirty-five players all picked Chaman, and uh... no, no. <laughs> I know Corey, Corey B, who ran the chain host, who went second with five and zero. He was from um, the realm of fire, so he could get that fireball off as well. Mm -hmm. So like, there was certainly. Um, some people took life. I know Tristan with the Blight King spam was running uh, the Realm of Shadow so he could teleport. So, yeah, there was certainly some different uh, Realm tech out there for their lists. That's cool. That's cool. So they so there were people using the Realms uh, as tech as opposed to just like... Yeah, yeah. Good. Cool. I like... I like so all the, tr the thing with Shimon is that because it gives you the plus one save and plus one hit command ability, all the terrain is neg two to run and charge. So... Um, I think a lot of people realise once they um, had to be away from their terrain to play Shimon, 
stuff they go or maybe it's not as good as we thought like i, I think half the field had it but yeah it wasn't as it wasn't game breaking people think. Yeah. yeah once you get in three dimensions you see like how much the terrain that negative impact actually really kind of compensates for it so, yeah yeah no, I, I, that's fair. That's fair. Um, how did you handle terrain? Did you do, uh, everyone randomized their terrain at the day? Did you have set terrain? Did you, how'd you handle yeah, the terrain? Yeah, the terrain was on the table, ready to go. Um, I was a little bit disorganized to be, um, I was trying to get it where it was all pre-rolled, but, um, that didn't happen. And I think, uh, people rolled for it. So that, you know, if you got commanding or arcane, it was part of the choice as well. Like, do I want my realm or do I want the extra CP or the pluses to casting? Um, yeah, I think everyone was pretty used to rolling up their own yeah. terrain anyway. So. Yeah, we're used to rolling, like, um, it, no big deal. I, I just see, I know it's one of those things some folks uh, are really mindful of, like, hey, I, I gotta have all commanding on every table, I gotta have a, you know, mystic on every table or whatever. Yeah. So... So yeah, yeah. Let, let them roll. Let them roll. Let the dice. It's a dice game after all. Um, looking at just kind of following chat here. Uh, Joel high on the uh, the flesh eater quartz list he brought. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. So uh, got turning up the way. Um, what was a what was a highlight of the weekend for you? Uh, the Friday. Friday, Saturday nights, where you can sit down, have a beer, and you can just talk to old friends that you hadn't seen for a while, check in, make sure they're good, have a laugh about some of the silly shit we've done, and just, yeah, that, that those friendships were there, to, um, and they weren't over the phone, you know, they were yeah. there having a beer with you, they were the, the, the awesome moments for me, um, and, uh, sorry, I'll the other thing that was awesome, we had a guy, Terence, who's um, in a wheelchair, um, and a carer came along and helped him play five games. Um, to me, that was pretty epic. Um, it's something I'd be pushing for in the future to have him at my events. Um, I'd help him to come. Like It's just something we need to include in our hobby. It's not seen enough there you go. helping others to achieve achieve those goals. Well, I mean, that's I, I really do, in many respects, believe that, that tabletop gaming is uh, almost more than any other place, some place where we can truly all play, regardless of yes. of, of any yeah. factors. You know, uh, you know, say what you will about and the it's not, it's Go not. Ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, it's not that people go out of their way not to include him. It's just that it's a it's an afterthought sometimes, and I, yeah, I just want to push you know, to see more, more of it. Um, his carer or helper was wonderful all weekend. Um, my own disorganization probably should have had a, a table for him for easy access. I didn't think about that to turn a uh, game three where he was sort of stuck at the end of the table. And I apologize for that, but he was okay with it. And then day two was sort of like, you pick a table, I'll leave you there where you're comfortable. I don't want, and I sort of made sure that he knew he wasn't pushed out of the way or anything. I just wanted to make sure he could be comfortable. And um, yeah, at the end of game five, uh, I think he, the the four guys that came up with him were all pretty exhausted. They were big weekends, but the smiles on his face that you know he had a great weekend was pretty rewarding. 
That's awesome. So I guess to that end, how would you, how would you work towards that like inclusion of, of people that might be in a wheelchair or, or something like that? What, what advice do you have now that you've had to learn the, the lesson, I guess, the hard way? I maybe? guess, yeah, I guess you just got to make it clear in your place pack that they're uh, wheelchair accessible. We allow helpers to help. Do you know what I mean? We, yeah. we don't add those things into players packs. Um, as such, because we just don't think about it. We're fortunate enough not to be in wheelchairs and whatnot. So I guess it's just something we can say, hey, look, we we accept all. Uh, and I mean, it, I know it doesn't have to be said, but sometimes seeing it, it yeah. probably makes things comfortable for other people instead of having to ask, can I come along? Yeah. No, I think I think if if there's one thing to take away from this this rant cast, it might actually be, hey, start putting that in your pack that you're you're you know you got handicap accessible tables and being mindful in yeah. our setup period because I know we are crunched for space and sometimes that feels like it's it's not a practical reality. But if you have one one or two less tables to accommodate more people in the in the sort of breadth of things, I don't think that's such a bad trade off personally. No, I, I agree one hundred percent. Right on, right on. I think, like you said, you you probably made made this kids like month <laughs> you know um, yeah, so. i don't think he's kid he was a young man but wow. um, yeah you know what i mean like he um he's got three three really good mates that they play warhammer with i think two hours down the road from canberra and um they drove up and back both days to come roll dice so um any any little sacrifice to make their weekend was certainly worth it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah the kicker here saying all are welcome uh, to warhammer that would be uh, cool to include going forward to have uh, volunteers to move pieces for people who who need that help. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. There's, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a good way to start that conversation on, you know, what to do going forward. So, um, thanks for yeah. sharing that, man. That's awesome. Um, uh, mega props. Uh, see, talking about mortal ones in the meta. Um, sorry, catching up on on, on checking, making sure I didn't miss a question. You're right. Um. Yeah, so um, you had a decent turnout. Um, I mean, anything above thirty is is like a really you're going to get a really good bell curve of of, of lists and players and stuff like that. Um, dig the pack. Uh, good good use of realms. Um, is there anything you do different for the next tournament? I'd be out on my own, not in not in a hobby shop. I'd have my own venue, um, so there was no overheads. Um, I'd take the uh, feedback from my guys that came, make longer round times, um, and be definitely be more organised. Um, I wanted it to be relaxed. I probably shouldn't have been the most relaxed person there. Instead of um, <laughs> no, no, that that being organised. So. That's going to give your event the personality. Uh, certainly, yes, yeah. organisation, but but be, being able to have that relaxed to is going to that's just going to diffuse out into the into the sort of tournament yeah. population. So I don't think that's bad. Um, so it sounds like you learned some stuff, but you did the hardest part, which is just doing the darn thing, especially in this time period. So you got to give yourself, uh, you know, some yeah. props there, man. And you learned you you've already identified the lessons to learn, and and that's all. I mean, that's a life lesson, you know. No one's going to be perfect at you know the first time they do anything. So, and I yeah. was this your first tournament or or ah second 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 second, second right on yeah. Um. Uh, kicker appreciates my hat. 
um, you're you're welcome. I wear it for you guys, chat gang. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wearing this thing for like a week. <laughs> um, but thanks for noticing. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, I feel like we kind of breeze through sort of the, uh, the tournament. Checking, you got any questions for for my man Michael here? Uh, still got him for about another hour. Um, no. <laughs> uh, jumping in and doing it the hard is the hardest part. What changes did you make from the first tournament to the second? The first tournament I held was a real competitive one, so that was the biggest change. Was trying to keep me competitive and enough for people to just get out and roll dice. It was supposed to be just a, a group of gamers just getting together after being in lockdown. So they were the, the biggest changes. Um, my scoring was probably a bit off. I didn't have anything to deny people their secondaries. Um, I've learned that now as well. That was the other one. I didn't want denying being a part of the weekend. It was all about people just kicking goals like having fun so um but that that would definitely change if we move forward to a a bigger competitive tournament why do you feel the need for the change there um for scoring itself um like a checks and balances with opponents and whatnot um that was just a bit of feedback that we got like um people were just uh sort of saying, oh, yeah, well, you got yours, so I got mine as well, sort of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, um, it, yeah, it works well for checks and balances, I guess. Right on. Um, let's see. Uh, Joel asking, when is the next tournament? All caps, which is, you know, orca- which is, I assume that's how orcs uh, speak is in all caps. Of course, he's playing fact, but. Yeah. When I, when I get that itch to do one again, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to try to make it an annual thing, or or do you think that there might be another one sooner? Ah, uh, nah. It won't be annual. It, I can't. I can't stick to that. Um, it'll be just when I when I find a gap in the in the calendar where people aren't doing events and uh, the local guys probably want one, probably do one then. Um, but for now, the Australian the Australian calendar's blowing up. There's, I think, there's two in Queensland. One. This month, one next month, you've got Doom's tournament and the Bendigo guys doing a tournament on the same weekend. They're both sold out. So that's 100 people going to two different events. So um, I think, and I think Anthony, the coach, has got one in Sydney in March as well, a, a narrative event. So, like, um, there's enough to, enough out there at the moment to sink your teeth into. Right on. Um, um, Kicker's asking, is there any recommendations on how to ensure the right amount of terrain for a tournament? And then uh, I think there's a follow-up question here, depending on how you answer. No, because different armies have different size terrain that they want to bring as well. So it doesn't matter how much terrain you put on. You're going to be asked to move it to get the Seraphon terrain piece or the OBR terrain piece on. Um, I aimed for 8 to 10 on the table. Um, Probably a bit light towards the bottom end of the tables just due to 
the amounts of terrain I actually had access to. But um, I think anything under eight, it's probably a bit bare. And then depending on the sizes of the terrain, and can be a bit much, especially when you want um, allegiance terrain to be on the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, uh, I think we've drifted up. I remember six seeming like a normal amount of terrain, and now we're up to like eight, ten as like the normal amount. I just remember we used it used to be like centerpiece, one in each quarter, and then like a, a straggling piece or two was like kind of like what you'd see on the tournament tables when you first started showing yeah. up years ago. And then now we're just they're just getting populated with with a lot more terrain. Faction terrain's a, a, a part of it. So if you both have faction terrain plus ten pieces, you can have a really sort of dynamic looking table, which is I think it's yeah. a good thing personally. But um did you provide the terrain or did you have people bring their own? Um, I provided half and then the store provided the other half. There you go. That's a good so idea. we played we played in a hobby store. They were the only venue that would have forty people. I don't know if I said that yet, but You mentioned that. Um Yeah, so they the store's got half half the uh, terrain there and I was lucky enough to have a local who had um had supplied terrain for CanCon, so I borrowed his to uh, fill up the spots. Um, I know the Bendigo guys are in a mad rush to get terrain for their event. I think they've hit 64 tickets sold or sold out at 64, so that's 32 tables. Um, if you put, you know, 10 pieces of terrain on each, that's 320. Um, yeah, it's not easy to provide. <laughs> no, no easy, no easy um, shortcut to terrain. I know... Uh... Like Nova Terrain, they start the year before, and they're just cranking out all hands on deck making terrain. So um, there's yeah. a really funny picture of Domus painting the Azerite ruins because you remember when those all went on sale on GW's site, they were bought, the prices basically bottomed out, and so it was just buying packs and packs and packs of Azerite runes, and you could just see the stacks of those walls just all yeah. over his desk. Um, I think. <laughs> go ahead. I think Clint. Um who runs CanCon had a photo of the same thing after he got a bit of G-Dub support. Um, yeah, I don't know how he does his, like, 200 people and supplying terrain, boards, tables. Yeah. Um, and he lives 3,000 kilometres away. Like, it's insane. Um, yeah. Don't envy his job at all. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's passion. You gotta You got to do it because you want to do it right like you there's no really way around it it's it's such a yeah, huge yeah. undertaking i my tournament we had 10 tables i was expecting 20 20 people when i ran that several years ago um and i think i borrowed all my terrain from from people in the community and just doing 10 tables was like the thing i was panicking about the night before like was am i going to have enough terrain am i going to have enough tables yeah it was was the thing i do you think that that's one of the more daunting sides of being a to is is just the logistics of tables and terrain or is it something else no for me it's um having so many oh i know my own event sorry is that having so many uh content creators or people who um make comments about the hobby um having them at the event and making um making sure they they enjoy it so that you know it's not um, out there that you can't do this, that, or the other, or it's a shit event. So that's the most daunting thing to me. And I like to think I'm fair, like, because there was a couple of rules questions 
<clears throat> as well. So it's not like I'm deliberately looking after them to get a good rap, but it's just daunting to think you're going to have so many there and there's going to be recaps, podcasts, blogs. Um, are you meeting their, um, I guess, what they're, they're expecting out of the event? Mm-hmm. That's the most daunting thing for me. That's that's interest. That's an interesting take that I I don't think I've ever ever personally considered is the the what role content creators, YouTubers, podcasters. I mean, we're in sort of a saturated period for I think content. I mean, it seems like it's Correct. just it's just like if this were uh, the board game life. You know, you get your car, you get your job, you get your occupation as you travel through the board game of life. And there's a checkpoint where just right now you make a podcast at some point on that journey. <laughs> Everyone's got a podcast or something. And and I wonder, yeah. I'm just philosophically ruminating now on what role this sort of visibility. On one hand, uh, hey, content creators say, hey, dude's going to have tournament this time, right? Like, so that comes up interest but on the other hand now there's a burden of expectation that also falls on your shoulders and it's just it's just it's not like it's not i don't think they deliberately shit can you or anything like that but um what they say is actually listened to right like um and i guess if you throw enough mud it sticks so hey like this happened um that is the rantcast motto is i'm just throwing everything against the wall see what sticks that's really <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding go on, go on. That, 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 that's that that's just the most dawning thought process i have yeah. you know is oh michael didn't do this and you'll forever be known as not doing this sort of thing you know um where all i wanted the event to be was fun for everyone mm-hmm. it wasn't you know um like cory comes second five and oh uh, I think it's the first 5-0 he ever got, and he still came second. But the first thing he did is come up, shake my hand, and go, man, that was the best weekend ever. I, I got second. You know, it wasn't, oh, I didn't get first. It was like stuff like that is what the whole weekend was about. How did you How did you weight your tournament scores for, you know, soft scores versus uh, 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 game score? There was, there was no soft scores except for auxiliaries. Um, I had 10 in the pack to pick from. And you could only use, you had to use two per game. And if you got them, an extra 100, 150 points. Or uh, you got, if you got both, you got an extra 30% from a major win. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and that was that was it. There was no paint scores. There was no um, sportsman scores. Yeah. It was just play, win, and that was it. So then you had tiebreakers. What you had two, two five and zero, oh, or multiple five and zero's oh, that you had to sort of sort out via yeah. Tiebreakers. So the, it was the Joel. Joel with effect got all ten secondaries, where Corey got eight. So that was how that was split. Mm-hmm. But that's because he would have been three hundred points in front. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. No, that's so, that's, yeah. that's fair, and it's in your pack. That's you know, there's no yeah. barriers there. Um, uh, death, death always sticks. <laughs> that's that's right, GG. <laughs> um, uh, kicker saying I should volunteer to paint terrain in order to keep painting things on my table. Uh, there are plenty of TOs out there who will gladly ship you a box yeah. of Azerite ruins or styrofoam to paint if you want. There, <laughs> there, put... there, Go ahead. There isn't a TO who wouldn't say no to helping painting terrain. <laughs> yeah. 
There's not just, one. <laughs> yeah, like they're like, oh man, just and you just a box shows up on your doorstep of Anthony Polca if you're in yeah. the states of Anthony Polcastro terrain to paint for somebody. <laughs> uh, uh, Joel, and this might be a this might be a work here, but he's asking, uh, what is Rocky's story of getting into AOS? This might be an inside joke. <laughs> Uh, so that's that's my nickname, uh, Rocky. They call me Rocky. Um, so uh, my story of getting AOS is I, wait, I wait, wait. No, before player. you do that, you got to tell me why they call you Rocky. <laughs> okay, so there's a place in Queensland called Rockhampton. It's north of Brisbane, um, but Cairns is another twelve-hour uh, drive north of that. Um, and being Victorians, they've never been past uh, Sydney, so. They wouldn't know what Queensland looks like, and they just thought—they just thought I was from Rockhampton, and I, I um I did the wrong thing of uh, biting back and getting upset. I'm not effing from Rockhampton. I'm from Cairns, and they're like, "Oh no, you're Rocky now." So it's just yeah, they just call me Rocky. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Oh my gosh, I mean that's you can't pick your nicknames, right? They just. They just no, you can't, <laughs> and it's it's fine. I I learned a lesson there. You don't you don't bite or get upset because once you get upset with those group of guys, they don't let it go. It's just going to stick with you. So just cop it on the chin to begin with, and hopefully they forget about it. But yeah, yeah. that's what it is. So yeah, what's uh, so what's the story of getting into AOS? Thanks, thanks, Joel. Um, I was a fantasy player. I played high elves. I, I love techless, and then. Um, as we all know, it all went south. Um, I sort of bought into AOS with death, but I didn't like the the no points and the no competitive scene. So I sort of wasn't there for the start. And then when the GHB drop was when went full gun-ho. Yeah. Um, hadn't been to an event before. Uh, we went to CanCon, and yeah, from there it's... It's just gone up and up. Just yeah, the rest is history. I I like that you were and just to reset a moment that you you just you just wanted to make a tournament essentially as an excuse to hang out and 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 roll dice again and and I think that that is one of the purest motivations. Kind of a no bullshit tournament to just be like here, let's throw dice and yeah. You go. Sorry. Yeah. No. No. And. And there's a little bit of a riding off into the sunset moment now that like the the tournaments are picking back up and but you've learned some hard lessons. I wouldn't say hard yeah, lessons. Yeah. You've, you've learned some lessons and and you could certainly, I, I think the door's open to to do this again. Oh yeah, it's definitely open and it'll happen. It is just it won't it won't be pre planned. It'll be like I said, there's there's an itch or something and say okay, let's do this. But um, it was it 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 really was just about getting a group of guys all back together who who have one thing in common like it, there was too much of um online presence of we can't do this this or this um i'm missing this and like you said stuff getting cancelled i think um before i i announced my event cancon got cancelled for next year um i think that really had a lot of people uh down like that was sort of a goal to get to after the the year that was um i know um anthony with his display board like he really wanted to take that um um like it's it's a goal for us hobbyists 
at the start of, oh, in January that we aim for, you know, it's like CanCon's coming, who's going, can't wait to get a ticket. Um, and, yeah, to have that pulled out, it, it, I think it really got a few people down. And then um, with restrictions slowly being released, um, if you if you read the media um, and you listen to what the politicians are saying, you can sort of see or you, you can sort of predict what's going to happen. It doesn't always come true. That's how I feel. I could be wrong, but I was like, okay, these borders are going to have to open before Christmas because that's what everybody wants. Um, and I, I, I just took a punt, you know, like, yeah. okay, let's do this. Let's do it now. And, you know, um, people went nuts for the tickets. Um, and knowing that they could get their money back was probably the the clutch um, part of the deal. You know, they, they, it cost $35. They got lunch on the both days um, and they were going to be playing Warhammer. Like, there was nothing you couldn't say no to, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. So good uh, good use of uh, dialectical thinking there, by the way, to, to predict when the uh, borders were going to open. Um, <laughs> yeah, recognizing the opponent. I got it. I got it right within a week, like a week later, and they wouldn't have been able. The Victorians wouldn't have been able to come, but you know, it was it was just good. Uh, like I know I had a couple of Queenslanders buy tickets, and their border or their their premier sort of shuts the border on a whim um, if there's a outbreak in New South Wales. So that's the next state down, um, and they. They just couldn't risk coming and then not getting back home or having to be in lockdown for 14 days before they could go back to work. So I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I think I think I got it right. Like a, I got 35 people. Everyone had fun as far as I can see. And yeah, it really worked. Yeah, right it was on. good. Uh, uh, Warlord Joel asking the tough questions here. Who likes Nagash more? Uh Rocky or meth? <laughs> uh, uh, we're on par, mate. Yeah, I think it's 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 close. I'm about to have him tattooed on my body, though, so we'll let that speak for itself. I'll... Yeah, you win. So I guess uh, you. you gonna uh like batman just wait until the city needs you again to run your next tournament yeah um, pretty much just wait for that light to go up in the sky <laughs> <laughs> um uh what's what's your uh, what's your next plans for age of sigmar com- uh you know competitively or hobby wise or what are, what's the what's next for rocky um <clears throat> i'm going to the bendigo event um which is in march um i'm trying to get to sydney for a one day out the coach is running but it looks like work screwed me over there. But um, it's getting techless painted, um, getting getting some wardens done as well. Um, I'd like to get them to an event, and um, it'd be good to um, just sit back and watch events come through on the calendar and pick and choose where I want to go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm optimistic about next year because I have to be despite you know, Adepticon, um, I, you know, I, I think that I just had, um, a gentleman from the U S ETC team on just last night for last rant cast. Um, and I'm like that that's slated for like August. I think I'm like, that's going to, I think that'll happen. And so I'm just, I'm staying optimistic. Of course, if it, 
If I'm wrong, uh, you know, I'm not. It's okay to go ahead. Sorry, it's okay to be optimistic, but you need to be realistic at the same time. If you if you build yourself up, then you just come crashing down way too too far past, like towards negative thoughts. You know, like okay, this could happen, this could happen, but you got to be realistic. You know, maybe it won't, but not. I, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> No, no, you're right. The the cautious uh, being cautiously without a negative spin on it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah, you you got to be cautiously optimistic. It's just don't build it up because if you can't get there, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Especially yeah. for the guys who have been in lockdown, like you just can't have that gold ripped away again and then not get to enjoy all of it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's been a tough enough year. You don't need to keep beating yourself up with. Not getting go to events. Well, that's the um, you know expectations the mother of all led down. I think one of the things that hamstrings people enjoyment of various releases in Age of Sigmar is they always have releases. Um, the vampire pirates joke has been hilarious. Uh, we've been making it for months <laughs> now. But if you have now, so we've been making this joke and we've been making this joke, and now you have real people actually with their hopes riding on it. If yeah, they wait for three years and vampires never gets released. You know, you're going to have a bad time. You're going to feel bad, right? Yeah. Or they get released and they're not good. You think they suck. They don't play the yeah. way you want them to. I mean, I watched this happen with, uh, watched it happen uh, with the sort of KO re-release. We watched it happen a little bit with LRL. We watched it happen with this. It's it's a it's a it can be a really vicious cycle if you if you lock yourself into that. See, I on the other hand, that's all very very good advice. Uh, I'm actually. Uh, going the total opposite direction, I'm going for recklessly optimistic because <laughs> I'm always disappointed in le- in reality. Uh, so <laughs> I need to overcompensate a little bit. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if you want, if you want, if you want disappointment in your life, you need to come to Australia, mate, and I, and, and, and go. And come and get on the beers on the Friday night. You won't be disappointed then. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, unless I go to the urinal and there's just a, a freaking spider just in the urinal. <laughs> and it just takes up the whole width of it. And I'm just like, yep. <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Like, just immediately. Like, I just walk past the bar and, like, I'm just. And then the next shot of me is just on a plane. <laughs> 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 where, did, where did where did Meth go? Oh, he, he he saw he saw Terry the spider in the toilet. He's out. <laughs> I'm not that big of a coward, but it does make for a good joke. <laughs> I I hope to yeah. make the, to CanCon maybe maybe a, a you know a Doom's event or Coach's event here someday. It's on my uh, long term goals and probably about three bucket years. list. Yeah, yeah, three three years I think is a realistic timeline uh, for uh, hitting a tournament out of the country like that. Um, it's a lot easier to like go to Canada, obviously, but like, if I'm going to leave the country, yeah. I'm going to, you know, we're going to hail Mary, like just might as well go yeah. to the other side of the world. We're, we're leaving, we're leaving the continent and going yeah. somewhere different. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. hemisphere and actual like going to an, a different hemisphere. I wish to be upside down for my next tournament. Thank you. <laughs> we can make, we can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a good excuse for why I'm playing poorly in Australia. I'll be like, oh, see, I'm upside down right now. I'm playing upside down. <laughs> yeah. Put on, like a, put on like a weird rig where I'm actually physically upside down at the table and be like, see, <laughs> now I'm right side up. That's yeah. better. 
Some gravity boots, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you're you're actually buying into LRL now, though, is uh, just kind of what I picked up on there. To, to yeah, yeah, I've got a, um, I've got the army. I haven't built all of it, and I haven't got a, a lick of pain on it yet. I've been uh, playing it on TTS, and I, I like I like the way it plays. Um, I'm a like I said, I'm a fan of Techless. Um, he'll be in my army. I think we discussed this last time I were on. I like the big centerpiece, um, hence Nagash. Um, on the weekend, I was playing with Archeon. Um, so uh, it's just what I do with my list. I like a big a big centerpiece. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, like you said, we kind of had this conversation the last time you were on. Uh, I love a good centerpiece, too. I think it just it just makes an army uh, where you have that one or even two just, like, great, dynamic, huge things, and then your army just kind of yeah, yeah. around it. I, I personally like that. Um, I'm going to let you get to work early here, it looks like. All right, cool. I, I know you're up, but is there uh, – I didn't want to be butting up against the time. I wanted to leave some – leave some wiggle room yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for proper rants or anything. Any, any soapbox moments, anything you need to get off your chest? Uh... Um, there was one thing. I can't remember what it was. I think you did this to me last time, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, bringing, bringing good looking dude models into AOS. Isn't cool. Are you that bloody new? Oh, Sigvald okay. is so pretty. Yeah. He's so pretty. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it's not the hobby I like, mate. <laughs> you play? Oh god! Come on! What's wrong with Sigvald? Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's so fabulous. It's, I'm, I'm a it, huge. Yeah, it's the, the Fabio of AOS, isn't yeah. he? Really? Oh my gosh! Is it like there's just you know we we play Age of Sigmar to escape our like inferiority complexes. We get to like power <laughs> project into a thing, and then like we go like okay, I'm not the most attractive man in high school. I'm gonna go play Age of Sigmar. No. <laughs> And then, like, Sigvald's just, like, eyeing you up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, bring back Greasus or the, you know, uh, you know what I mean? Like, make me make myself feel better. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad the tournament happened. It's cool <clears> to see, see stuff opening back up again. Um, uh, like you said, you got Doom's tournament coming up. And then, um, uh, what, Bendigo? Bendigo Bush? I know it's all the bees. Something like that. Yeah, no, I don't think it's four Bs. I think they've named it something. Oh, it's a Victorian GT. So, um, there's a bit of a, a story behind it, but um, it's probably best to leave that. Uh, but yeah, it's on the same weekend as Doom's event. So Doom's event uh, sold out, and the boys decided to pick it up, hmm. pick up the slack, and yeah, they sold out within four hours as well. So Super. I think there's a hundred, a hundred something people going to two events on the same weekend. I think. Just shows you, you know, the competitive scene in Australia's thirsty for events. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, uh, I wish so, you, I wish you good luck in your your pursuit. Thanks for thanks for carving out. Uh, I know it's early for you, um, and I just wanted to, to catch up with you, check in on you. Uh, so thank you for carving out some time to be on Rankcast. Uh, That's no drama. It's nice having me. Yeah, anytime, man. Anytime. Um, if you. At I, just like last time, you message me. Just let me know, and and I'll 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 try to carve out some space, man. And yeah, no dramas. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Chat gang, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, you are the show within the show. The reason we do this thing. Uh, kept it short and sweet for you. The anti rant cast, as it were. Um, this is the one that's gonna. <laughs> this is the one that's gonna break the algorithms. 
Uh, <laughs> remember to drink your milk, pay your taxes, and I will see you all next time. And uh, once again, Michael, thank you for being with me. Yeah, geez. thanks for having us. Good night. Or good day. Ha, 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 ha.